Welcome to the podcast Leadership Forum, a conversation with leaders who serve the public good. My name is Trevor Brown, and I'm privileged to serve as Dean of the John Glenn College of Public Affairs at The Ohio State University, where we aspire to fulfill a simple phrase that Senator John Glenn used to describe what we do, inspire citizenship and develop leadership. I also have the honor of serving as the host of this conversation series. So welcome to a thoughtful and reflective conversation about leadership. I'm joined today by Lydia Mihalik, the Director of the Ohio Department of Development, a state agency committed to empowering communities to succeed by investing in the people, places, and businesses of Ohio. Prior to her role as a director, uh, she served as the 55th mayor of the city of Finley in Northwest Ohio, where she led the revitalization of the city's downtown, atop, attracting new job creators from around the world. And now Finley has repeatedly been selected by Site Selector Magazine as the top, top micropolitan in the nation for economic development and job creation uh, for almost a decade. So, Director Mihalik, thank you for joining me for a conversation about leadership broadly and, and economic development here in Ohio. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. So let's just start by learning Director Mihalik's uh, approach to leadership. You've been a mayor, you've been now in, in a state agency. Just what's your, your sort of general approach to, to leadership? That's a great question. Uh, a long time ago, uh, someone very wise that uh, I think has demonstrated a, a tremendous amount uh, of leadership, uh, quality leadership, and has uh, done some great things uh, in the private sector uh, told me that leadership is best demonstrated by giving back to others. And uh, I think, you know, when when you're in a role and you're um, you're trying to achieve big things, I think one of one of the most important things that you can do uh, is to build a good team around you. Uh, and we we never do anything uh, by ourselves, obviously. Uh, and so I, I think one, you got to have a good team uh, around you. And then two, uh, I think what you do with that team and the people that you impact uh, with uh, the the time and the resources and the responsibility that you've been given uh, in that leadership role, I think is uh, is really, really important. And so whenever I've, uh, you know, in, in my public service roles, whether that's, you know, it, it serving in community and economic development positions uh, early on right out of college, or, you know, being uh, in an elected position uh, or an appointed position as I am now, um, I've tried uh, to do my best uh, to serve uh, others at the you know highest capacity uh, that I can. Uh, and I've done that uh, with with a great team uh, around me. So you're you're a clear servant leader. Um, that, that is something we we want to encourage among all of our uh, community members. Yeah. But I'm curious. You you've had you've been in in two distinct executive roles: one yeah. elected, one appointed. Yeah. Um, any any major differences in your approach to leading and building a team uh, as a result of on the one hand being accountable to directly to the voters, mm -hmm. uh, and in the other. Um, indirectly being accountable to the voters through um, an elected official. Yeah, so I think uh, there's a, a couple of things uh, to to note there. First of all, uh, being mayor uh, of a community, whether it's uh, large or small, is quite frankly one of the the coolest and best jobs I think that you can have. Uh, it's the closest position uh, to the people. 
uh, I think you get uh, the chance to to really make your mark and to uh, leave the community that you're serving better uh, uh, than than what you found it in. And I'm very proud of the work uh, that I did with the team uh, at the city of Findlay. Uh, and I think, but for uh, uh, Governor DeWine, Lieutenant Governor Husted asking me to join this team, uh, I would have been perfectly happy being mayor uh, for as long as the city uh, of Findlay would have had me. Um, but when I had the chance uh, to, to join this team, um, I, I am so glad I said yes, uh, because we've been able to do uh, some really incredible things uh, on behalf of communities across the state. And I've been able to take uh, the experience that I had as mayor and kind of translate that uh, here into this uh, appointed uh, position. I will say uh, it's a lot different uh, in, in terms of how you um, of how you make decisions and and how you uh, you manage things going from I would say kind of like a number one to like a number three. <laughs> so uh, that was a bit of an adjustment uh, for me, uh, but it didn't take me long uh, to figure it out. Um, and I think that uh, that you know your your leadership style is still the same, right? You want to uh, look uh, to do the best you can with uh, the resources and the people uh, and the systems that you have at your fingertips. Uh, but I think definitely uh, being able to kind of be like the guy uh, to uh, being you know someone who is is responsible. Uh, not just to directly to the people, but someone who's responsible to a couple of different people. Uh, that that uh, was different uh, for me, but I'm so glad uh, that I said yes. I told the governor this uh, a couple of, of weeks ago. Um, it, it is completely different from what I thought it would be, uh, but it's been an incredible experience. And we've certainly had some really big wins and, and been able to affect a lot of things uh, for communities in this state. And gosh, we're not done yet. We've still got another three and a half or so uh, months left to go. Years. Oh, sorry. Yes, years. Yes. Three <laughs> and a half or so right here. You got time. You got yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I want to. I want to talk in a minute about the specific role that you you play. But uh, there are two things that I want to come back to that I want you to elaborate on. So, so first, you you, you just said that it, it, this job, the role you're in, is a lot different than you you thought it would be. Yeah. How, how yeah. so? What what was what was different, and how did you adapt and adjust to that? Yeah. So I think, you know, one, uh, I wasn't really sure uh, what I was inheriting here uh, at the Department of Development. Um, certainly recognized that we had a lot of programs, uh, we had a lot of responsibility, uh, but I was unsure uh, how that would translate into fulfilling what the vision for the governor and lieutenant governor uh, wanted to accomplish. Uh, but once I figured out uh, what exactly the capabilities were uh, of the team here at development and how we could use uh, our resources to do things like, for instance, uh, expand broadband uh, to mm -hmm. areas uh, across the state of Ohio or to help communities uh, repair uh, water and sewer infrastructure or to help uh, improve the quality of life across communities uh, in our state to attract jobs and talent. Uh, so as soon as I figured out kind of how, how to connect the dots and yep. to best utilize those resources, uh, it clicked. 
And when we, so we were using existing resources that we had. So when I say resources, I'm talking cash, right? Right. Uh, and so at, when we uh, started learning uh, that the you know General Assembly was willing to be a partner as well with us, uh, and and they started to recognize all of the potential and capabilities uh, at development as well, and they were being supportive of the governor and lieutenant governor's vision. Um, you know, things just took off. And, you know, the, the Department of Development is uh, investing uh, millions and billions of dollars across the state. And I never could have, have imagined uh, that that uh, was the role that we were going to play uh, when I first started in 2019. But I'm very, very happy uh, about um, about the opportunity that has been presented. Okay, great. One one more leadership related question, and then I want to yeah. get to those millions and billions of dollars. <laughs> um, so earlier, you you mentioned that there was an adjustment from going from being the number one as mayor <laughs> to the number right. three. Yeah, and I'm and I'm curious about that number three role. Um, yeah, I would imagine you can correct me if I'm wrong that there are some times in your role where you have to lead. You are leading the Department of Development. Yeah. And then other yeah. times where you're that number three and you have to follow. Yeah. Um, so how do you know, other than somebody telling you the number yeah. two or the number one, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you know when to lead and when to follow when you're in a role like this? Yeah, so I, I think that's a really good question. Uh, and and first of all, I, you know, I, um, you know, I kind of jokingly say number three, but I recognize that I'm one of several members of the right. cabinet yeah. uh, and uh, we all have a very important jobs uh, to do. Um, so, so first and foremost, um, you know, the, the buck stops here in terms of uh, leading uh, the department of development. And um, I, uh, I know that uh, I know that, um, you know, it's my job uh, to take, uh, what uh, has been set in terms of the agenda from uh, the administration and do what we need to do at development to accomplish those goals. Uh, so, you know, we deploy, uh, you know, our mission here, which is empowering communities to succeed, uh, to fulfill uh, that uh, that agenda uh, that the administration has. So the team uh, is fully um uh, aware of you know what what our roles and responsibilities are here and um, and I and I totally uh, am comfortable uh, in that space. Um, what I would say uh, that is um, that has been kind of an adjustment is I am uh, I, in in this role. Uh, I have been consistently like looking out for uh, and uh, been. Uh, seeking to be uh, more uh, proactive and, and seeking ways uh, to help uh, the governor and lieutenant governor uh, be uh, successful uh, in their roles mm -hmm. uh, as uh, as leaders uh, in uh, in for the state. And so, uh, whereas when I was mayor for seven years, uh, at Findlay, like I was trying to help other people, certainly around me, uh, but um, I had great people around me that were doing that uh, for me. Yep. Uh, so I think if that's uh, a way to kind of describe uh, yep. the difference, um, you know, you're you're there's certainly people around you that you want to help bring up and 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 do good things, but. Um, you know, that that was the position. Uh, that's the position I've been in now for, for the last four years. Yep, great. No, oh, thanks for sharing that. Okay, now let's move on to those millions and billions. Um, so, <laughs> Everybody so always wants to talk about the money. Yeah, well, <laughs> well let, let, let's, let's go like a level yeah. above that before we even get to yeah. the money. 
So just describe why or explain why the government is involved in, in economic development. Why, why don't we just leave firm location and job creation to the, to the market? Why don't we just let market forces decide who decides to go where? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, if, if, if at the end of the day, that was uh, how this all could work and then I look, I would be really happy. Uh, but there are things uh, that exist. Unfortunately, um, you know, the the economy uh, is not equal uh, in all parts uh, of the state uh, or even the country. Uh, and uh, sometimes in order for projects to happen, uh, regardless of where they are, um, there is increased cost associated uh, with with them. And especially in this uh, economy, so uh, you know the with inflation and those types of things, uh, there uh, there's a need uh, for uh, you know uh, assistance. Um, and the the goal, the end goal, is to someday uh, be in a position to where uh, we don't need uh, to be uh, pr- providing uh, so much what I would call public assistance uh, to uh, to projects. And perhaps maybe we will get there uh, to where there's just this virtuous cycle uh, where the market uh, can just handle it on its own. But for example, uh, if you have a major metropolitan area that perhaps has an old industrial site uh, that uh, without the help uh, of maybe uh, some public entity, um, you know, would not uh, have the capability of of having some sort of, of brownfield redevelopment uh, or infill uh, development, and it would just stay there vacant uh, for you know a, a number of years. Uh, but with the public assistance, a private investor uh, can actually get the project done where they can make a profit. Uh, profit is not a dirty word. <laughs> um, you know, there are uh, a lot of companies that that do things uh, you know to make money. Uh, and so that's what we want, right? Because if they're making money, then they're investing in people and they're investing in communities and it just continues uh, to turn itself over. And so uh, that's what we see, uh, you know, our role uh, in, in terms of economic development. Uh, deals, big deals, uh, little deals are very competitive, regardless of where you're at uh, across the country. Uh, and we feel like, uh, one, our job is to make sure that we have an environment that's conducive for investment. So we take care of the things that we know that we can take care of. Uh, but but two, there, there are ways uh, that we need to make sure that we can incentivize development because people have a choice. Uh, companies have a choice where they're going to invest their dollar and we want them to do that here. And sometimes there are expenses that we can be helpful with. Yeah. So just elaborate a little bit. You don't have to go too deep in the weeds, but what, what are the sort of two or three principal tools that the Department of Development uses to, yeah. to, to create those conditions or incentivize firms to, to come to Ohio? Sure. So uh, first and foremost, what I would say uh, is we have something called a job creation tax credit. And the credit can be claimed uh, against uh, a, a company's um, commercial activities tax, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, is is one of the only taxes, if if not the tax, uh, that businesses have uh, in Ohio. And so um, <clears throat> that that particular tax incentive is is what I would say probably um, the most popular and the one uh, that that we use uh, uh, that is the 
the most attractive. Um, we also have grants uh, that we can provide that our partners at Jobs Ohio um, uh, utilize to help attract uh, companies here. It can uh, help a company acquire land uh, or a building uh, or to do some other uh, activity but they are a huge partner and a very productive partner and a, and a huge competitive advantage uh, for us here in the state. So between, uh, you know, a tax, a job creation tax credit incentive and then grants, uh, those are the two most popular, what I would say, incentives. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Jobs Ohio. Just educate us about the different roles. Why, why do we need a, a Department of, of Development and a Jobs Ohio? What are the, sure. what are the unique capabilities that you two bring together? Sure. So Jobs Ohio is our private uh, economic development entity. And what I would say is they are uh, the group that is kind of like the front door uh, for uh, business investment and retention and expansion projects here in the state. Uh, if you are a, a site selector or you are a, a company that's looking to do a business in Ohio, whether that's uh, from somewhere uh, outside of the state of Ohio uh, nationally or internationally, you're more than likely going to give Jobs Ohio a call and they're going to find a great place uh, for you to be here. Uh, they do a wonderful job. They've got some great professionals there. They're led by JP Nassif. He's a friend, a uh, tremendous colleague, and uh, but they, they are great. Uh, and then we at development, uh, we're part of Team Ohio. And so we work uh, with Jobs Ohio and we help what I would say more so on the community level. So we would help a community get prepared uh, for that particular investment or to help a community with a potential business expansion with an existing business. Um, I would say we work more on the community side than we do with the business side, but there is times where we assist a business uh, with, with financing or those types of things where we can be helpful uh, as part of as part of the team. So we work, uh, what I would say, hand in glove together mm -hmm. uh, to, to make Ohio, uh, you know, the best place uh, to do business uh, and to, to pursue your version uh, of the American dream. So let's let's talk about Ohio as the best place yeah. to do business. What what are what are our what do you see as you look across the economic development landscape in the state? And you've you've already noted that it's different. It varies yeah. across the state. Um, what are our our key advantages, and then what are our disadvantages? What what are the kinds of things where you really need to step in to make a an area more attractive um, that where where it's in deficit in some way? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, first of all, uh, there has been a lot of work done over a number of decades to make uh, Ohio's business environment very competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, we've uh, done a lot of regulatory work. Uh, we've done to, to make make things uh, certainly uh, very uh, business friendly. Um, it's a safe place, uh, obviously, uh, to do business, uh, but um, it's not um, overbearing is what I would say. Um, we've also done a lot of work uh, on our tax policy. Um, it's not cumbersome uh, at the state level where it is uh, in, in some states. And I think uh, that's kudos to not only the current administration and the current GA, uh, but previous general assemblies uh, that have uh, been very intentional about getting uh, control uh, of, of our tax uh, of our tax policy here uh, in the state, and and that goes uh, that doesn't go unnoticed uh, when businesses are are considering a place uh, to operate. Um, we are a very affordable state. In fact, one of the most affordable states in the country uh, to do business, whether that's the cost of utilities, um, you know, and other things, the cost of land, the cost to build. 
Um, you know, if you're looking for a place uh, where your dollar can be stretched further, Ohio uh, is the place to be. And then, you know, in terms of variety uh, of a place uh, to build or to, to do business, um, you know, Ohio's uh, your place. Um, we've got, you know, beautiful uh, urban areas. We've got amazing rural places and everything in between. Uh, and so I think, you know, we're, we're a pretty large state, a lot of, lot of land, a lot of uh, opportunity here. And I think that is what, uh, you know, gives us our competitive advantage. Uh, what are our opportunities? Uh, we've been so good at economic development uh, that we are creating jobs faster than we can find people to fill them. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we will have to take a really hard look, I think, about how we can uh, try and get people to migrate. Uh, to the state of Ohio. Uh, the the other thing, and this is not a, a challenge that is unique uh, to Ohio, but, um, you know, families, uh, uh, people across the country are having fewer children. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we have to figure out how to get the people that, that are around in the country uh, to locate uh, here uh, and centralize here uh, in the state of Ohio. Uh, so workforce in general, and just the sheer number of people that we need to locate here uh, in Ohio um, is is a, is a challenge for us, uh, and it's a, it's an opportunity I think uh, that we can win, which is a big reason why we uh, decided to give the brand a refresh. Right, uh, we wanted to make sure that we could showcase Ohio as a as an inclusive, creative, uh, family friendly, uh, connected place. Uh, we wanted uh, to you know show that Ohio uh, you know had heart. Uh, which is why, you know, we've gone with Ohio, the heart of it all. Yep. Uh, and and quite frankly, you know, uh, the brand, that brand hasn't been used for 20 years, but people still thought it was our brand. So <laughs> it's got legs uh, and we we plan on uh, fully, um, fully exploiting it uh, for the future. So uh, I just want to throw one specific one out. That's not unique to Ohio, but okay. um, artificial intelligence oh, yeah. challenge or opportunity from an mm. economic development standpoint. Yeah. So I, I think it's both. Um, I think the speed at which uh, it is uh, being deployed um, is, is, is both a challenge and an opportunity uh, for us. Uh, I, you know, I know that we talk about uh, how our hope is that, it is uh, going to be used for good uh, and not uh, the other uh, for bad. Um, I, I think that my my biggest concern, and, and this is not something that I have talked um, with, with anybody uh, in any level of detail about, but my biggest concern is, you know, AI is uh, being used uh, to um, do a lot of simple tasks or uh, or do a lot of jobs that um, other people are currently doing. And so, you know, my concern is that uh, it's going to displace potentially uh, a lot of people uh, who um, who are going to have trouble uh, finding jobs in the future. Um, and, you know, not everybody wants to be a doctor and, you know, in the uh, science field and, you know, highly technical uh, skilled fields. And so I, what I'm worried about is people getting left behind. Uh, because this technology is moving so fast and we we won't be able to skill folks up uh, quick enough to take on the jobs that we do have available. Um, and I just don't want that to um, I don't want that to compound an already very uh, complicated workforce, uh, you know, uh, issue 
that we have right now uh, that currently exists. So I, I, I just, I, I'm concerned, uh, but you know, who knows uh, how? Yeah. So what are your? It's it's really hard to predict the future, and I'm not yeah. I'm not going to hold you to account for anything you say here. We're in very speculative. <laughs> we're in really speculative territory when we talk about artificial intelligence and its yeah. impact on the work. But but I appreciate what you just said about your your concern and your worry. Yeah. What what are steps that the state can take on the workforce side? to to ameliorate or you know mitigate the impact of of potential job losses that come from a skills mismatch where ai yeah. becomes the you know i go looking for somebody to fill a job i can't find it oh there's a technology that can do it for me yeah i'm, I'm going to stop hunting for people and and instead use uh, use this this tool yeah uh, how, how what what are your thoughts on how how we do upscale that workforce so that it can compete you know, with ai so it's so funny too because we're not we're not talking just about people who are you know taking orders uh, you know in the fast food line either. No, uh, we're talking about um, you know systems that read um, you know that are that are taking the place of radiologists. Yep. Um, you know it's it's runs the spectrum, and I, I don't know how the everyday and you know maybe it's not it's the everyday human being is going to react to being you know of course we're we're tough and we're you know we'll pick ourselves up and and you know figure it out but i i don't know how we transition as a society to um machines essentially yeah um forcing us into something that we didn't choose uh on our own free will <laughs> yeah yeah yep. <laughs> so i just i i you know there some people are just naturally gifted and they will transition and move on with their life and they'll go a new direction. Uh, but there is certainly, is, I, there's concern on my part that there is a whole um, group of, of people across our country that will most definitely get left behind. And, and I don't know, there's no, there's no amount of assistance uh, where we get people credentials we, yeah. for free uh, that is going to uh, quickly impact these individuals and so i i just i wonder if we're really thinking about that because right now we're talking about you know well we have tech cred right because this administration has been great uh, yeah. on tech cred. um and i just i i'm concerned that we're worried about filling these jobs that are available now right. but you know it's like the software engineers uh that we've been looking for at work we we've got ai that does that now right well, and it's it's funny, you know, I'm in the higher ed business. And and as you say, you mentioned credentials and so forth. And I think historically, our approach is, well, let's just make people smarter um, than than the machines. But the evidence suggests that the machine is is pretty close to already smarter than us in terms of raw intelligence. And it may be you just you didn't say it explicitly, but implicitly, it may be that that the people who adapt are those who are adaptable um, and are it's it's the how do we get people ready for change when they had hoped that, oh, I got this credential that sets me up for this job and that will remain in place indefinitely. And and now it's it's getting people comfortable with reskilling, retooling uh, kind of pretty regularly. Um, and, and we in higher ed need to change. We can't yeah. rely on just the traditional four years at the undergraduate level and sort of two years at a professional degree, we're going to need to be helping people throughout their, their life's course. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's going to be a lifetime of learning. And I think that that is a different culture than what the majority of us have been conditioned. You mentioned earlier, as we were talking about your your role in, in specifically in economic development, it, it mm-hmm. sounds like what you're describing is you're partnering with communities, you're partnering with prospective firms, you're partnering with Jobs Ohio. Yeah. Um, you know, what is your approach to, to collaboration? How do you cultivate a, a healthy partnership? So great question. Um, I, I think first and foremost, uh, the the biggest uh, way to cultivate a great uh, coalition or a partnership or a collaboration uh, is to uh, create the relationship first, uh, which is, you know, you, you have to know someone on a you know somewhat personal level before uh, you can ask them to work together uh, and to do things for you or with you. Um, and really, this is the 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 way that we have been working. Uh, I think, uh, quite um, effectively with a lot of folks uh, over the last four years. Um, we uh, we always look win-win. Um, you know, we we try to, to do things. Uh, we ask people not only to do things for us, but, you know, we're constantly looking uh, to do things for other people. Uh, and I think we uh, are, are very solution-focused which is uh, is part of our DNA here. And of course, that's uh, something that uh, Governor DeWine uh, kind of set set out at the very beginning of his uh, of his first term. Um, we uh, find a way to get to yes. Very rarely do we tell people no. <laughs> Mostly because I don't like to hear it. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that um, that just that personality and that uh, that attitude. Uh, is is a key component uh, to building uh, to building collaborations. This is going to sound like an overly academic question, but bear with me here. What I, what I want to sort of unpack is what you're describing sounds very interpersonal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sort of building trust and having conversations with individuals. Yeah. But I'm I'm also interested in in sort of your thoughts on these are on the one hand people sitting down and 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 making deals. Yep. But it's also organizations, and in this case, the state. Um, and and so, how do you how do you build, you know, that that level of trust that's associated with not you, Lydia Mahalik, the director, but the Ohio Department of Development, so that mm-hmm. when the next person who has the honor of taking your role, that mm-hmm. commitment continues. And similarly. Because I would assume firms are making bets on 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 you, but also on the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how do you how do you cultivate that sense of of trust? And we, the state of Ohio, are a good collaborator. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that our what we've tried to do over the last several years is um, build up a reputation. Uh, that uh, will last beyond uh, this administration. Mm-hmm. So regardless of who sits uh, in this seat, uh, the expectation almost will always be excellence, right? So yeah. regardless of who is here, um, it will it will hopefully for a long time uh, be always thought of as if you want to get something done, if you want to proceed and be successful, uh, then you go to development. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as we keep delivering uh, on that, 
um, we, it doesn't matter uh, who the director is. Uh, the team knows what the expectation is, and the team knows that they don't want to disappoint. Uh, because as soon as someone starts saying, oh, no, like, this is totally different. This is not okay. Uh, then they know that all of that, you know, our reputation can be absolutely destroyed in, you know, one, yep. one bad uh, action. Yep. And so uh, they work really hard uh, to, to continue to, to deliver here and to continue to execute and grind it out. And so I, I think that as long as the expectation is that we're going to keep keep doing what we've been doing, uh, then the trust will continue. Uh, but we'll, we'll never let up as long as, you know, as long as Mike DeWine and John Husted are around. Right. Um, so I, I'm replaceable, uh, but uh, they'll find somebody else uh, to sit here. But I, I think it, it has everything to do with um, doing what we said uh, we would do. Uh, and and not not going back on that. And they they know what it was like before we were here. And I don't think anybody here wants wants to go back to that. Very so, proud of that work, by the way. And you should be. We're we're yeah. in a. I'm 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 bullish on on Ohio's future. Uh, yeah. And it's it's thanks yeah. to, to 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 your good efforts. But this is this is one that I'm not asking you to go back on your word because you've just pledged that you know you you make a deal you keep. But you know I just think of how many times you get into collaborations and they they don't reach the promise of what you they don't deliver that win win. Yeah. Um, you know how do are, can you think of instances where that's occurred and you don't have to give the details. But, yeah. But how do, you know how do you extricate yourself? From something that's that's not delivering value to yeah. to one party or the other or multiple yeah. parties. Yeah. So I, I think the one thing that um, without without being too um, uh, too explicit here. So we most of our, if not all of our senior leaders here are very skilled at being able to have a critical conversation mm-hmm. uh, and. When when something is not right or it needs to be corrected, um, having that conversation is more valuable and more uh, effective than just letting things linger on. Yep. Yep. And um, too often in when you're in a leadership position, it, it can be easier to just let it go. Yep. And I think uh, the the best way, and and you don't it, you don't have to be mean spirited about it. Um, we you know it doesn't have to be dramatic, uh, but I think the the best way to um, you know to just exit uh, or to end the collaboration is just to say, look, um, this just isn't working. It's not uh, you know it's it's just not what we had uh, expected, um, and it would be best if you know we just moved on from here but most people won't have that discussion uh so i i just think being able to have that critical conversation and 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 being direct about it uh is is the way to go is that is that your role as the leader or is it your role to try and create the conditions where those who work for you feel empowered that you've got your you've got their back and, yeah. and they they know that's their duty and their responsibility. Yeah. So it depends on the level uh, of it depends on the level and what uh, the actual activity is and what the what the collaboration is doing. Uh, but my team knows that they are uh, perfectly empowered to have those conversations at any yeah. point. 
um, because if if it doesn't happen, then um, someone else will will have it for them. <laughs> They're great people, though. I love my team. They're incredible. Well, that's that's a good place to to finish this conversation. You start at the very beginning, first laying out your your leadership vision of of servant leadership, but then yeah. highlighting the importance of of have building a good team and building faith and confidence in that. And yeah, you clearly have done that. Um, and so, thank you on behalf of Ohio citizens for the good work you and the governor and lieutenant governor have been doing to to try and move um, the state into the the next economic century. Um, it's a changing and dynamic space, um, and and we're really grateful that you are at the helm of of helping us in that endeavor. Well, you're welcome. Um, thank you uh, for the work that you do. Thanks to the Glenn College. Uh, and look, uh, as Governor DeWine says, this is Ohio's time, and there couldn't be a better uh, this couldn't be a better opportunity uh, to to serve in this role and. I'm really excited about Ohio's future and and where we're going. And um, I can't wait uh, to see what happens next. Well, thank you for that good work. And thanks for this conversation. You've got it. Thank you so much.